It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to episode number 21 of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast. I'm actually hiding from your your photogs Facebook live video as I was moving behind the monitors. He moved <laughs> along with me because we're just busting balls. We are having at, fun. At, at this point, that's You have right. to bust balls to be on the ball. Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the 27 rules for influencers and leaders that will change your life. Steve Noodleberg, author, now as the Beatles wrote and I mentioned several times, paperback writer. Like the Beatles song said, and we've made it to 21, which in a casino is great. And also, if you enjoy the uh, finer sins of life, 21 is a good number. 21 is a good number. It's a very good, nice to see you, Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Chicken dinner. I know another fella who reminds me of you. He says the same thing every day. It's weird (laughs) that you're not related. Our guest today, you've known for some time, and you were speaking before the mics actually came on, has um, been one of those voices of truth. And we all need to get checked in life by people that go, this is what you need. That is what you don't. Here's who you need to have along, and here's who you need to get rid of, correct? This is an individual who's always been honest with you. You know what's so great? Um, I think the story that salespeople or professionals tell themselves is that they, I'm an entrepreneur. I can do it all myself. And that's probably one of the biggest fallacies is that no being an entrepreneur really is understanding that you can't do it all yourself. Right. You know, salespeople, everybody needs coaching and whatever, and I had the, the blessing. Yeah. To have this uh, young lady come into my life, oh my God, 10, Probably 10 years, 10 plus years, years ago. ago? Yeah. The founder and CEO of All Systems Grow, which by the way is a great name. Not All Systems Go, we did but that. All Systems <laughs> Grow. Love it. Julia Aquino, it is nice to have you with us. Uh, Steve says a, a decade plus, and y- yet you've stuck around for some reason. <laughs> and yet I'm still only 21. And, 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 and 21 is a magic number. Fascinating. <laughs> and, and now you can drink and gamble and all those good things. So the name, All Systems Grow, automatically people are going to ask, all right, ooh, that's a great, how'd you come up with it? And what do you do? Right. But, but you, you, you had a role in this. So our, our company, uh, so in our early getting to know each other, I'm not sure did, your work with us come first, or was no, it simultaneous? You all started. We started with doing my name and logo. Right. So she said she had this idea, uh-huh. as entrepreneurs do. Yes. I'm a big believer in packaging, naming, branding, and whatever. Yes. And you know, you, you could be Julia Aquino and Associates. Mm-hmm. No. Right. So she sat down and shared with us what her vision was, which was to basically help people on the operational side the execution side of how you do what you do, not what you do, but how you do it. Not what you do, but how you do it. And how you, how it affects internal people and external people. And so she kept coming back to the word systems. We do a lot with systems Mm -hmm. and nobody thinks of how systems grow. And then, you know, obviously the play on words, all systems go, uh, which was memorable. Right. We came up with all systems grow and, Away she went, and let me tell you, just so fantastic. She does valid, validate that. She came into On the Ball, and we were this fun-loving, uh, crazy group of uh, <laughs> creatives. 
uh-huh. and she created systems and processes, and I hated every second of it. <laughs> and now, why is that? Why did he hate every second of it? Because it is systems and processes. He likes to just fly by the seat of his pants, ah. and it's not always the best thing to do in business. No, it doesn't it's not. always work. You need to do your homework in business. You need you can't. There's no room for guessing in business. No, there's no room. This isn't picking football games for fun. No, this is business. Is business? It well, is, actually, process the, is a big word now. Yeah. Systems obviously are integrated into the concept thereof. But uh, you at first uh, were a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say not skeptical, but you weren't loving the idea of Julia telling you. Here's I want what you to imagine it. this, and this is what it felt like to me. Imagine a thoroughbred horse that's strong and running free and going crazy and putting a harness on that horse. Like, what, is that what, what it was like, what, Julia? What? It kind of was, and you kind of have to break the horse. Yeah. And you have to do that not only for the CEO, but for the entire company. Which was what she was working with me, working with the team. And, and the interesting thing about it is that, I think, first of all, one of the things I want you to talk about is that sometimes the information you hear you don't like. And there's a direct correlation yes. between where I am today in my career and the work that she did for our company. It was personal and, and, and business. But when you make a decision to grow and scale, which is why I think the, it's important that grow is in her uh, company title, you, the only way to do that is to create those processes that allow you to grow beyond just the people that are there. So think of the mom and pop, you know, uh, candy store can't uh-huh. be that if you want to have 50 candy stores. So, so it sounds like, Joel, you, you subscribe to my personal belief, and that is I'm going to tell you people what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. And if you have a problem with that, that's okay, but at least now you know. Yes, and a lot of times the answer is I can't work with you if you can't hear it because I can't And that's coming you. from you. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's, that, that, that's your yes. decision. Yes. Yeah. I can. Yes. If you can't hear what I'm saying, if you're not open to something new and different, I literally cannot help you. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. People get emotionally invested or they get very comfortable in their ways or defensive system, or def- and they become defensive thereof. Right, Steve? You know, and you were resistant, well, resistant I was to change. Maybe one of those guys. <laughs> but he was open. Right. So even if someone's resistant and you can coach them through. Um, the truth of where they are so that it doesn't make them wrong or bad, mm-hmm. then you can open them up to something that's going to be great for them and for the company and for their people. So the most validating thing and the reason why we do this show is to bring great you know, people on who have experience sharing yeah. is that her process of how she interviewed me and interviewed my company, her discovery was so unique, which it is, so unique and so empowering uh-huh. that just that alone was like, holy shit. <laughs> wow. There's a better way to do things. Oh my God. This was like, like so revealing that if that's really what's going on, we got to fix that. I mean, there's nobody that's going to look at that and go, all right, well, thank you for coming. <laughs> and, you know, just, there are. <laughs> there, which there's is hard to believe. Well, right. there are. And, and those folks, you know, they're probably not nearly as successful as they could be if they would just. Listen to those who don't have a dog in the fight, if you will, who it's not their uh, tradition. It's not their ritual that when someone tells you there's a better way to do it's like shortcuts. Right. I, I talk about, well, if somebody told you, hey, man, I know you drive that road every day, but there's a wreck on that road and traffic is stopped. You might want to take another route. 
you're there to tell folks it's not the route you take every day, but it's going to get you home faster. Correct. Absolutely correct. That's a great analogy. And people are resistant to those. I gosh, with a great analogy. That's a first. Imagine that. I'm good at that once Imagine in a while. Imagine that. that. I'm good at that once so, in a while. So here was the other uh, reason, and I, I hope you're comfortable speaking about it. In, in knowing Julia the way I know her, she has fought some amazing challenges in her life mm-hmm. that made me respect her in a way that um, I'll just let you introduce it and talk about it any way you want but you're a fighter and i love that about you and on a personal level you've overcome some amazing challenges so jump in what challenges are we speaking of that steve has a new recognition thereof sure there's many Mm -hmm. but i'm not gonna go back to childhood (laughs) yep Uh, but five years ago i was diagnosed with breast cancer Mm -hmm. and i come from a family um my mother and both my brothers died from pancreatic cancer, mm-hmm. and my sister died from breast cancer. Mm. So when I was diagnosed, I already had a lot of really unfortunately negative experience with cancer. Oh, yeah. But what was very interesting, um, and I, I probably sound you know, disconnected from it, but I'll tell you why. When I was diagnosed, uh, I was in a place of acceptance. So once understanding I... I had breast cancer. It's like, okay, I have breast cancer. At that point, there's not much I can do except move forward. Mm-hmm. So my ability to understand the cancer, how it responded and acted and what my options were from the doctor's perspective and my own perspective and getting involved in my own treatment and what I was going to do about it mm-hmm. was what was empowering and I think what changed for me and for others the outcome. The, uh, you knew your genetics. You know your family history thereof. Your acceptance thereof says, okay, we're going to skip the denial and the bargaining and those other stages, and now let's just find solutions. It's solution provision, right? Correct. That's a challenge, and that's an obstacle that um, changes people, and it changes their outlook on life, and it changes your opinion of what's a bad day and what's an inconvenience, doesn't it? It Because probably during treatment uh, and and procedures thereof, you recognize that, oh, losing a client or, oh, a a meeting gets canceled – not quite as important in the grand scheme of things now, is it, Julia? No, it's not. And actually, there are plenty of pictures of me uh, getting chemo with a smile on my face and just appreciating the fact that there was a solution. There mm. was options. And uh, even my doctors would say, you have no side effects. So how do you have no side effects? And I think it really had a lot to do with my ability to process what was happening and respect it and allow it, but not allow it to be what took me down but to know that i actually had a dog in the fight and i could do something about it which is you know the lessons you take away from that if you knew you weren't talking about cancer you could be talking about all of the other challenges that you have how you attack those things which is how i know you do attack um so she now has a whole new uh mantra of things that she's working with helping other female entrepreneurs and that mindset is so significant that you know it, that becomes the basis of all you know, results of mindset of all and choice. Mindset and choice. Yep. You talk a lot about systems, and we talk a lot about process. Let's talk about mindset and then choice. Um, people have a choice. You can choose to be happy, or you can choose to be unhappy. Right? You can choose to be positive and hopeful, or you can be someone that's thinking, "Well, this probably won't work." And I. I ask people all the time, what would you love to do? And they go, well, I don't know. because I And they won't admit to themselves they'd love to be a singer. Yes. 
But yes. it isn't part of all of our journey being honest with what it is we truly would love to do and be? Yes, and that's actually the conversations I have, especially with with women and, and female entrepreneurs. When I say something like, what is it that you actually want to do? And they say, I don't know. I said, I don't know will destroy your dreams. Yep. So you being able to state what it is you need and want at any point of a day or life changes what happens for the rest of that day or life. Yeah. And, 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 and let's be honest. A lot of times I don't know means I know, but you're going to think it's silly. Yes. I know, but you're going to think it's not possible. Wow, I know, but no one's ever believed in that. And I don't believe in it either. So I'm not going to tell you that I really want to dance ballet in New York City. Correct. And what I say is when we are always looking for the outside to approve of us, we will never get that approval. Our approval comes from the inside out, period. Mm. So forget what anyone else thinks, needs, or wants, because that's their crap. Mm. What is it that you need and want? And own that. Once you own it, you can create anything, anything, any life, any uh, solution, any improvement in health. Mm. Which is what successful people will repeat now. Once they've gone through that journey and they said, and the work that she did specifically with me was I was building this company that I wasn't really good at being the CEO. I was good at being the sales guy. And she was like, you know. So, what, so, so Steve's now in a position to, to tell others, you know, what they need to be doing, what they need to not be doing, and how really this works to become successful. So what was he doing wrong? Do you remember? Or you know, it, was, I, it was a long time ago. What I, what I would say. Because I, I imagine if, if, you know, a lot of guys listening and gals listening right now are as sharp as Steve is, or they one day want to be as successful as he's become, uh, they want to know the things that, oh, I might be doing that too. I might need to eliminate Oh, that. and they are. And, and, and I still continue to. So yeah. it's not a one and done. It's a process, right. you know, that you continue to look at it. But I'm curious to hear. Do you it. remember what he was doing wrong? Well, he was doing what everyone told him he should be doing instead of what he wanted to do. Oh. Instead of where Ooh. his passion was. And because he was good at it, so the outside world responded well to it, it's almost like we get that positive reinforcement. That There's isn't, affirmation. Yep. And so him recognizing yeah. that, though, but that recognition is what opened him up. That recognition, that ability to see the truth and to not be afraid is what allowed him to actually, I think, take these were huge steps. Oh my, it, you huge know, huge steps. And what it when I hear you say that, you know, that's the validation of coaching. Coaching are, are you know those real outside eyes that have you know the ability to say stuff that nobody else is willing to say. Right. That's what a good coach does. It's not a yes woman. No, it's not a yes no, man. No. It's not a okay, great. No. What, what you again? What they need to hear is oftentimes not what they want to hear. Yep. Now, the, she had the risk, and, and it's coming back to me now, you had the risk of giving me that information and knowing me the way you knew me, that could have been a very ugly, yep. like, end of our friendship kind of, yep. don't tell me that I'm living in the wrong house. But there, ha there has to be a trust, isn't there? there I is. mean, when you're coaching, it has to be, listen, you may not like what I'm going to tell you, but it's going to make you better. Right. Which is a huge responsibility but then you look at what she's gone through in her life, which I think has uniquely programmed you to do that. And, and I remember saying it to everybody, the way you made everybody in my firm trust you, which was the, the hardest thing was to get 
the people that worked for me at the time, and there were a lot of people in the organization, to get them to open up to say what they really felt about what was going on mm. and about how they felt about me as a leader and about stuff like that. Can you imagine the leap of trust that she had to create with those people and the confidence that, hey, listen, I'm not going to go back and here's what that employee said about you, so yeah. you got fired. And how do you, you know? do that? How do you how do create you do trust? How, how do you earn trust? How do you create trust? I think you create trust by being trustworthy. So um, when I would speak to anyone, I spoke with a very open and loving heart. And so I think when, when I'm able to do that, it allows them to feel open, loving, and trustful. Mm. So how you come to the table I think shows up in the person on the other side of the table. Hmm. And, and so there will be a lot of people listening, a lot of salespeople that listen to this that will go, well, what does that really, how does that affect me as a salesperson? Right. And I can tell you, especially in today's environment, genuine, authentic, and you know, real, all of those words, which I really was not. Mm-hmm. Although people may have thought I was, and maybe I thought I was too, the closer you get to being authenticity, the more people trust you because mm-hmm. they get that's who you really are, right. like it or not. And so the the journey I went you know, on with her, you know, clearly landed me here today, which is why I'm so happy and proud that you're here. But she has this mentality of giving back to female entrepreneurs. And one of the things, and I I don't want it to be a generalization, but a lot of female entrepreneurs have to fight harder to get to where they are. It's just the the way the you know the class still for some reason in 2018 there remains perceptions of whom should be doing what correct and how things work. It's it it blows my mind, but it's still perception is reality. Well Mm -hmm. said. So knowing that journey, some people get there and just don't have the foresight or the ability to give back. And that's what you're you're doing, your T-shirt line. And so tell tell everybody about, you know, what what you're doing. So much. So um, <laughs> so much. Well, that's what, that's what entrepreneurs are. We're crazy. But only what you want to do. Only what I want to do. Don't ever take on a project or a task that you don't believe in yourself. Nope. Absolutely. Can't be successful at things that you don't believe in. No, and it's a lot Steve of work. Steve kind of did for a little bit. He kind of did for a little bit. We all did. But yeah. he wasn't authentic. Yeah, I, I tell folks. Don't try to sell something you don't believe in. Don't try to sell anything you don't yourself use, love, and want. Nope. Agreed. And so I have two new projects. I have um, Tease for Humanity, which started from a company or a book I was writing called She Strategy. And I had all these quotes in there. And I said, these should be on T-shirts. And they're all about empowering women. So I put them on T-shirts. We threw up a website. And we've been um, going for a year and 5 to $10 from every shirt goes back to charity. So it's been a real great. love of doing what I do and being able to put positive vibes and messages out to the world. Can you give them an example of one? Sure. My favorite, which is um, my personal quote that I said in a speech that stopped the room, was to change the world, you must use your outside voice. Yeah. Yeah. Speak loud. Speak and loud clear. and There's no clear. room for timid. Yeah. We joke, well, I joke on the air about indoor voices, outdoor voices. And I, I, I admonished a young lady earlier today. Let's use our big girl outdoor voice. Yeah, say what you got to say. Heard. Yeah, well, people are, are most of the times intimidated by what the reaction will be of course. to what they say. Of course. So they're driven by fear and doubt. And, you know, when we talk about salespeople, obviously that, you know, when, when I get up in front of rooms of people and I say, 
anybody in here ever deal with fear and doubt? And they all go, yes. Well, guess what? Join the club because we all are. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, once you recognize that we're all dealing with it and everybody's got some demon they're fighting with, okay, now what? Now let's get it out there. And so fear is a good motivator, but passion is too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and being able to let go of the fear is what actually drives change. Letting go of the fear actually drives change. Please elaborate on that because you may have just had an aha moment for a lot of the listeners to the podcast. Please elaborate on that idea. Sure. So, you know, fear is what stops us. It stops us in our tracks. I mean, the most simple form of fear is, you know, as a child walking into a dark room. So Mm -hmm. literally you will stop and not go into that dark room. We do that in life. And so especially with um, entrepreneurs where and women in particular, I see a lot of fear of not being good enough. And mm. that stops us from taking leaps and steps that we would otherwise otherwise take. And you should be you should be taking those steps. You should, should be. Right, right. And, you know, I say all the time, what's the worst thing that can happen? But the truth is, when you let go of that not being good enough, when you realize that you were born with everything you possibly need to live the life you choose, and you can walk away from the fear and say, you know what, what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm -hmm. They don't answer the phone. They say no. Mm -hmm. Big deal. When you take that first step as, as babies, when we take that first step and we see we can, and we see that I fall but nothing hurts, it's okay. And we learn how to fall better. We learn how to take stronger steps. And each step moves us closer to that which we've been trying to attain. And we find out it's really not that hard. So overcoming the fear, even in baby steps, those baby steps allow us to affect major, major change. I try and uh, use this analogy in a lot of the work that I'm doing now. It's like when you first walked up to your bicycle you were intimidated by the bicycle. You're like, how, how am I going to get up on two wheels? What, what am I going to do? You knew at some point you were going to skin your elbow or skin your knee. Right. And you probably did it over and over and over again until you, you know, so, you know, people in life and whatever they do, they, they don't just, you know, you don't walk up to the pool and become an Olympic swimmer. Right. You know, there's right. lots of trials and challenges that get there, you know, that get you to the place. So of, of- fear shouldn't be motivating people on their journeys i think fear i think we think fear is what's motivating us but it's really the stepping over the fear that's motivating us Uh, it's the walking through the fear you know because the truth is especially in business we're terrified of failure i am so much more successful today because of what i learned from failure we don't we learn from we learn from more from doing things wrong Absolutely. Then we do from doing things right. We learn from falling. I don't remember all the times I put my hand on the stove when it was turned off and it was cool, but I remember the time I put it on there when it was hot <laughs> and I got burned. Right? Absolutely. I mean, that's exactly the case, is that uh, how many times do you really want to do that? Right. Uh, challenges. Steve respects you so greatly and spoke of uh, the obstacles and the challenges that you face. We talked about cancer some. Uh, but there's challenges that everyone faces on a regular basis. And clearly you're someone that he admires because of your ability. Uh, th- that's part, we talked a little bit about mindset, right? Positivity thereof. But what else? Well, I think, you know, when it comes to mindset and, and challenges, we all have a story. The story is what got us to where we are, right? Mm. So it's how we tell the story. And when we want something different or something new, we can literally adjust how we tell the story. But our story is powerful and mine's not more, any more impressive or wonderful than someone else's. 
I've just been able to find the truth in the story that allows me to be okay with who I am today, that allows me to be direct because I can also be loving, that allows me to fall and be okay with falling and to forgive myself and forgive others and love more. And so what I would say is be okay with the story. Be okay with the completely dysfunctional, messed up family you grew up with because through that learning and growth and stepping over the fear from what you learned from their fear is where I get to be the loving, genuine, wonderful, giving person that I get to be today and still be okay with those moments when I'm not. All of those moments and all that dysfunction and all of what you got wrong got you to this exact moment and point in your life where now the rest of those pages can be written however you so choose. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, when, when you make up the story, especially in the world that we're living in with social media and, you know, it, 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 if you're not genuine, it comes out somewhere, you know, and I think that happens a lot with salespeople is that, you know, they'll show up one way and then the reality of who they are is mm-hmm. not congruent. Well, it's like when you go on a date and you're getting to know someone, they say, be yourself. Well, I don't want to be myself. It hasn't worked the last year. Well, eventually, this person's going to realize that you're not the person they went on those first three dates with. So you better be authentic. Authenticity, it sounds like, is really at the core of all of this. Well, you know, here's a gr- what I think is a great takeaway. And, and I get a big, you know, a lot of the audiences that I'm in front of get a kick out of this. I'll go real quiet and I'll go, I'm going to give you a secret. You, you may not know this, but some salespeople lie. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go, oh, they all giggle. And I go, just remember the time when you got in front of somebody and told them that you did business or you do or this or you were that, and there was no way for them to validate it. Right. Well, I think we're so fortunate because we have social media uh-huh. to validate it oh, now. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it calls your own bullshit. Yeah. It says bullshit. You're not that. And you know what? I think that's a gift from the universe that says, don't go that way. I really want to know who you are. I want to know who you really do business with. I want to know what you're good at, what you suck at. You know, a lot of the stuff when I, you know, talk to people is, listen, the thing that qualified me to even be up in front of the room is I have failed so many times that it's like, I'm just not afraid to keep trying. You know, I'll keep Mm. trying, keep doing it. Mm. I just spoke to a guy on the phone. He said, your humility about failure is what I think people are attracted to. It makes you relatable. Yes. You need for people to like you and to listen to the message and want to receive your message. Um, you need to be relatable in some sense, don't you, Julia? Yes. And the truth is, they know. They know. They know. <laughs> they know. And they know. You know, we think we're pulling one over, but they're sensing something on the other side, and that's where the no like and trust comes in. Because they may not be able to put their finger on it, but they know. There's always a book atop the New York Times bestseller that has to do with how to read people. There's always a book at the top of the New York Times bestseller list that has to do with how to spot when you're being lied to. There's one right now that I'm reading in paperback, Spy the Lie. Three former CIA ops that are explaining this system so you will know when you are being lied to in their body language, in the words, in the what whether you're in a relationship. Um, or, or you're a CEO, we all want t- two things. A, for people to think that we're not so stupid that we don't realize you're lying, and B, to be able to tell when we're being lied to. Yeah, but I also think that when we trust our gut, we know. Yeah. You know, we are so used to looking for outside cues, mm-hmm. and we know 
our gut knows, but we're not in tune. We got to listen to ourselves. More. It's so funny you say that. I give advice all the time, and they say, "What?" Well, a guy says, "This radio guy, he's in Rochester, and should I take this other job in Montana?" I said, "Don't listen to your head; it's going to lie to you. Don't listen to your heart; it's also going to lie to you. Your gut, your gut feeling is everything. Is this the town you want to live in? Does it feel right here? Because your aroma, your heart will lead you somewhere. Your mind can qualify things and validate things, but your gut is everything, isn't it? It's, it's that inner voice. Oprah used to talk about that." Yeah, and but, but I think you see great professionals across any kind of category now have coaches to help them deal with that. And so, you know, for me, the aha moment was when we worked together because I could have kept going. It was very successful. I thought, you know, we had an organization that was run by culture. I thought my culture was great. We had a really cool office that we, you know, mm-hmm. I, I thought all of this stuff. Julia came in and said, hold on. Well, The first step was that I was willing to say, all right, I'll go for this ride. And then secondly, she interviewed me and said, okay, I'm willing to do the work. And then that work is so empowering to me because it got me here. Now I'm doing that with salespeople. I don't do the process stuff uh, only as it relates to salespeople. But I said, holy shit, this is really an epiphany for me. This is like I can see the struggles that other people are going through as it relates to to sales and showing up in their process. And to me, it's not even work. I just see it the same way you see it and you show up genuinely and helped me. So I guess, you know, one one of the takeaways from today and one of the things I want people to get is find a good coach, find a mentor, find somebody who can call your bullshit and Mm. say, you know what? Uh Uh-uh. Here's, here's what's really going on. Julia, complete this sentence, fill in this blank. Successful people, and entrepreneurs must blank. What must they do? Successful people and entrepreneurs must think for themselves. Mm. Be able to. Be able to think for themselves. Fantastic. She is the founder and CEO of All Systems Grow. She turned Steve's life around. Somebody had to. And look at you here today. Somebody had to. I am super blessed, as people can tell by the podcast. And grateful. Indeed. Because I'm around great people, people who genuinely care about me. I think, you know, our friendship has lasted years, and there's lots of new things that are always going on. But, you know, when you talk about success, you don't don't look about, I don't look at the money. I don't look at the wins or losses. Mm-hmm. I look at the quality of people who... Attitude of gratitude, brother. Yeah, you know. I think the three of us share that in common. The attitude <laughs> of gratitude. The best. Julia Aquino, thank you so much for coming through. It was episode She's 21. Awesome. We don't ask people how they're doing. You don't say, hey, man, what's new? Instead, Steve, you have a tradition of asking people, and Shaka Khan best said it, to tell you something good. Tell us something good as we wrap up number 21, Bente Uno. Um, it's probably the biggest takeaway from all of my trainings is how you greet people and using that. But for today, uh, something good is we had our first open boot camp. Uh, we did it on I Friday heard. in Boca. I heard. And 94 people spent three and a half hours in a room and the response was overwhelming. You knew people that were there, which was pretty crazy. So the response to social media, um, uh, all the stuff that came from it, overwhelmed, excited. There will yep. be more. Yep. So uh, something good is uh, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I guess. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And you're honest with yourself about what it is that you want to do. Thank you, Julia Aquino, once again, for being the guest. Steve, thank you for all that you do to share 
uh, your insight with all these people. 21 was good. Want to go for 22? Emmett Smith? Let's keep doing it. A number, a number 22? Would be, or that, or John Sally. Or John Sally. Do another oh, John spider Sally. Spider 22. Spider Your boy, the spider. I right. forgot. For Steve Noodleberg, Josh Cohen saying thanks for listening to Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. And we'll catch you next time for episode John Sally, a.k.a. 22.